Day number 114. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, news roundup, information overload. Your call's coming up, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, one job I don't think anybody would ever want in the White House is being the press secretary. And, and we happen to be friends with a number of ex-press secretaries. Uh, Ari Fleischer, for example, Sarah Sanders, our friend Kaylee McEnany, who's going to join us in a minute. Um, you know, look at Jen Psaki. The difference is if you're representing somebody like President Trump or George Bush, you know, you're getting the living crap beat out of you every day. But, you know, if you represent a liberal Democrat, somebody like Joe Biden, except if you're la- if your name is Peter Ducey, you're not going to get a tough question. It's just how sycophantic the media mob is. First, they allowed Joe to hide in his basement bunker throughout the entire campaign without asking questions. Joe hid. They helped him hide. And then, of course, now it's the presidential protection program. And he rarely talks to anybody. And when he does, he mumbles and stumbles and is an incoherent mess and a, and a cognitive, you know, struggling, weak, frail president. That's an embarrassment. Uh, anyway, here's Jen Psaki. She has to clean up the mess of Joe Biden. And she's also told a number of whoppers herself she couldn't get out of the mess last week when Peter Ducey said, well, this is what Joe Biden said in the debate. If 220,000 Americans die from covid, they, they should no longer be president. Well, since Joe's been president, 355,000 Americans have died of covid. We have more people dead from covid this year, 2021, than last year, election year 2020 pretty sad and unbelievable of course then she'll lie and she'll say stuff like oh we don't need to test the illegal immigrants they get preferential treatment no vaccine mandates for them because they're not going to be here very long we know that's a lie too and she spins and the media gives her a pass anyway here is uh jen saki and just i mean it's laughable listen there certainly is not an open border as individuals as individuals come across the border uh, and uh, they are uh, both assessed for whether they have uh, any symptoms. If they have symptoms, they are the intention is for them to be quarantined. That is our process. They're not intending to stay here for a lengthy period of time. I don't think it's but the same here. thing. The it's not the same thing. I still believe that Build Back Better will not add a dime to the national debt. Correct. It won't. Go ahead. What if taxes that he says you want to you know, get more taxes in? What if it doesn't happen? What if the economy goes sour? Lots of things can happen. What are you? You're going to tell from up there future generations, not even born yet, that they're not on the hook for this? Is that right? That's right. Okay. Following up on something else the president said last night, why did President Biden say he has been to the border? Well, Peter, uh, as you may have seen, there's been uh, reporting that he uh, did drive through the border when he was on the campaign trail in 2008. It was crystal clear that things were not improving on supply chain. People couldn't get dishwashers and and furniture and treadmills delivered on time, not to mention all sorts of other things. So why is it? The tragedy of the short, the treadmill that's delayed. The tragedy of the treadmill. You know, Santa Claus, well, you should have bought your Christmas gifts uh, by Halloween. If you didn't, it's your fault. When your kids are crying Christmas morning that their favorite toy is not under the tree and Santa disappointed them, blame Santa, blame the UPS, blame FedEx, bring the blame the Postal Service, blame Donald Trump. Uh, Kaylee McEnany has a brand new book out uh, today, and uh, I've gotten an early copy of it and I've read it. And it's a phenomenal book. It's on Hannity.com, Amazon.com and in bookstores everywhere. Anyway, for such a time as this, my faith journey through the White House and beyond. 
Uh, Kaylee, uh, you had a rough time in the White House. I mean, think about it. There you are at the podium. You're communicating with the American people. You know, we have the worst pandemic since 1917 and 18. Not an easy assignment. No, not an easy assignment. Uh, not made any easier by a lying press corps. Um, and I don't say that lightheartedly. I went into the job wanting to have a good relationship with the press, but knowing as any conservative does that that would likely be impossible. And that proves to be the case. I mean, I do a whole chapter called Vindication, all the fake news headlines that have been disproven that, you know, Trump ignored bounties on the heads of American troops in Afghanistan. That was a lie. Trump gassed and pummeled protesters to take a photo at a church, St. John's Church. That was a lie. The inspector general found that out. Uh, you know, Trump saying that COVID might have originated at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which now looks likely, but we were told that was just an outright lie from Trump. It was not. It was actually probably where it originated from. I mean, narrative after narrative, I would tell reporters this isn't true, but they write the story anyway, Sean. Surprise, surprise. You know what? One, some people may not know about you. Uh, one thing we do have in common is I've had 12 years of a Catholic school education. Uh, you went to a, a Catholic all-girls high school. I went to a Catholic all-boys high school. Uh, the, one of the big differences is you ended up at Harvard Medical School, and I ended up in front of a microphone, so I'm not sure who did better. Um, but, um, I mean, it's a very impressive background, and, you know, your book is, you know, my faith journey through the White House and beyond. Uh, one of the things I noticed that you would do is you'd go into that briefing room every day armed with a binder full of facts and on every single topic imaginable. And I can only imagine the work that went behind that. Yeah, a lot of work. I mean, look, my time at Harvard Law in Oxford and Georgetown definitely prepared me to, you know, have that binder chock full where, by the way, reporters, there, there was a camera behind me. The camera would take pictures of my binder and CNN literally put out a headline decoding the mysteries of Kaylee McEnany's binder. And they tried to discern what the tabs were. Um, I wish we would have done a head fake and made the tabs instead of like COVID and therapeutics. You know, John Carl, uh, Caitlin Collins, it, it would have been uh, a funny head fake for the press. But look, when I stood at that podium, if you saw any sort of peace, serenity, confidence in me, uh, it did not come from my preparation at all the universities. It came from faith in Christ. Uh, we prayed every time before I went to the podium. It's the last thing I did. Uh, and, and look, it took everything within me not to lash out at the press at times. And the only reason I was able to stand there is because uh, a lot of Christians across the country praying. You know, it's interesting. I've said this to Ari. I've said it to Sarah Sanders. I've said it to you. Uh, I could not do that job because I can't stand those people. In all the years oh, I've been yeah. at Fox now in my 26th year, believe it or not, um, and all the years I've been on radio, 33 years now, I've never been to a White House correspondence dinner. And people ask me, why haven't you ever gone? I'm like, because I don't like them uh, and they don't like me. So, let you know, let's get rid of all the pretense here. Um, and when you're dealing with somebody like President Trump, it's a more difficult task in as much as he's not the easiest guy to speak for because he's so outspoken himself and spent more time with the press than I think any president in the modern era. Yeah, but the one thing with President Trump is he was authentic. And I talk about in the book uh, being in a meeting where everyone in the meeting or at least half of the folks in there, Kellyanne included, myself included, Bill Barr included, that. You know, Mr. President, maybe you want to get out of this Obamacare lawsuit. It's timed around the election. This isn't the best thing to be doing in the middle of COVID-19. And the president looked at me, and I'll never forget him looking straight at me and saying, Kaylee, I stand with my base, and I always will, and I'll stand by the promises I made on the campaign trail. So while 
yes, he would throw a curveball here and there. I always knew where he stood, and it was right exactly where he was on the campaign trail. And I think he's one of our first Republican presidents that's really been that way. So it was an honor to work for him. See, I think that's what defined the Trump presidency. I, let's go through the issues. He gave us a list of of Supreme Court justices he'd choose from. He stuck to that list. He said he'd cut taxes. He did. He said he would eliminate uh, burdensome bureaucracy. He did. Uh, he said that he would, um, you know, bring us energy independence. He accomplished that, a massive accomplishment. Uh, he said he would get control of the borders. He, he built 500 plus miles of border wall. He wanted freer, fairer trade deals. He got them. Uh, he wanted us out of foreign conflicts and he was in the process of doing it safely and in a smart way with the threat of obliterating the Taliban until Joe Biden botched it. So he really did keep his promises, but I don't think there's ever been a president in my lifetime that I can think of that's been as hated by the media as this one. Yeah, because he held him accountable. I mean, that's that's with a capital A. You know, he wasn't afraid to fight back against them. Most Republican presidents, the MO is to go in, be silent, take the hits, take the jabs, don't fight back. This president did fight back. And as you know, Sean, you know, you get to swampy D.C. and the establishment, the foreign policy establishment, uh, the academics say, you can't do this. You can't get out of the Paris Climate Accords. You can't get out of the Iran nuclear deal. They did that with President Trump. And every time he looked them dead in the eye and said, watch me. And he did it. And it's why I think he's the most success- successful president in my lifetime. We'll see what happens in 2024. Do you have a gut feeling sense? You know him as well as anybody that he runs again? I, If I had to guess, I would say yes, Sean. You know, he says you're going to be very happy with my decision. And I can't believe by that he means happy with the decision for him not to run. So I, I think he'll be out there, but we'll see. He's coming quick. You know, it really is. Um, tell us more about your background that gave you the strength to go through all of this. And faith is obviously a big part of your journey and a big part of your life. As I get older, my faith is more important than it's ever been. Um, I know that there is a, a God, a creator. You can't look at the majesty of creation and universes within universes within universes in my mind and determine anything other than that there is, you know, something far greater, more, more powerful than than us uh, that is a creator of all things. And I believe that I believe in heaven. I believe in hell. And I believe, you know, those things I did learn in Catholic school uh, and they mean more to me today than ever. Tell us about, you know, you're young and you've embraced this faith from a pretty young age. That's exactly in other words, right. I got in a lot more trouble when I was younger than you did. <laughs> I doubt that, Sean. I'm sure you were a choir boy. But um, no, no, you know, no, I grew up... Kaylee, I can promise you I was not a choir boy. I don't believe it for a second, Sean, but I'll take you at your word. <laughs> um, but look, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. As you noted, I went to an all-girls Catholic school. And, you know, your parents tell you to believe something or want you to believe something. But I discovered it for myself. Um, out in the real world, when the going got tough, it's funny how Jesus Christ speaks. Um, if you speak for him, he will answer you. And for me, that was taking the job as press secretary. I was nervous. I was petrified. Um, and my dad texted me, maybe you were made for such a time as this. That's uh, words from the book of Esther. And separately and apart from that, a few weeks later, a Democrat commentator uh, by the name of Van Jones, who you may know, texted me, Kaylee, maybe you were made for such a time as this. And it happened to me oftentimes in life and oftentimes in the hardest parts of life that God will send me a message twice through two different ways, through two different people, uh, but the exact same message. And, and I know he's real. I know he's out there. I believe 
Uh, more than the sky is blue and the grass is green, that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And if you read this book, you'll see how he's worked through my life. I'll never forget watching you and poor Jeff Lord, and another friend of the program, being <laughs> tortured at, at times, nine against one on these fake news CNN panels. And and I just couldn't believe it. That's an interesting tor- story, though, about for such a time as this and, and the title and where it came from and what it means to you. Uh, these are troubled times, but I sense that, you know, Joe Biden in 11 months has proven to the world he's not up to this job. And got- I think I never I, I wrote a book last year warning people live free or die America and the world on the brink. We're now on the brink. I wish we weren't, but we are. We are on the brink on every single front. It's terrifying. And, you know, we don't often talk about foreign policy, but when you look at Russia on the border of Ukraine and China and uh, researching, investing in hypersonic missiles in North Korea, all of a sudden firing off rockets themselves. I mean, we're in a very dangerous, very scary place. Um, and, and what's the Biden administration doing? You know, President Biden's going to get accolades at Kennedy Center, a standing ovation. He's going to his billionaire friend's house for Thanksgiving as the world is crumbling. I mean, it's totally sick in the head. And his chief of staff is sitting there complaining, saying that Donald Trump got better media coverage than we did. What a joke. What a farce. What an absolutely pathetic way to be, particularly as Americans can't even afford gas. Um, many Americans and Christmas presents for their kids. And, and uh, they're out there partying, it seems, and totally ignoring the plight of the American people. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue. 800-941-SEAN. If, uh, as we continue with Kaylee McEnany, and as we continue with Kaylee McEnany, she has her brand new book out today. It's on Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Uh, and it's called uh, For Such a Time as This, My Faith Journey Through the White House and Beyond. A couple of unknown facts about Kaylee McEnany. One is you once interned at the Fox News Channel uh, and you worked on a particular program there known as Hannity. I did. That was my first internship at Fox. I remember you were so nice to me, Sean. Um, you even threw me a little party before I left. I'll never forget that. I was just mesmerized by you and, and Alan Combs at the time it was Hannity and Combs. Now, of course, just Hannity. But, um, yeah, it was my first internship, and you even signed a coffee mug for me on, on my way out. I have it displayed here at my house in a curio case. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that's still in existence. <laughs> Another unknown fact is your husband's a professional baseball player. That's right. And President Trump loved that. He would always bring it up to me. And one time he even told me as we were landing on Marine One on the White House lawn, he said, go into my private dining room in my Oval Office and go watch your husband pitch. And by the way, never miss another one of his baseball games. So that's exactly right. My husband pitched with the Mets in the World Series and had a great career. And it's been awesome to be a part of. Uh, amazing. Uh, the book is phenomenal as well. And for such a time as this, and at this time of the year in particular, it makes a great gift and, and also gives great wisdom. Uh, my faith journey through the White House and beyond uh, now at Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Kaylee, we're uh, proud to have you at Fox. Uh, we wish you all the best with the book. And we love having you on the show as often as you come. And uh Uh, We'll be talking hopefully after the new year and have a Merry Christmas and a great new year. Thanks so much for all your support, John. 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Your call's coming up straight ahead.
Sean Hannity Show, talking about what's right for America with a renewed commitment to keep you up to date on the breaking news stories. All right, 25 now until the top of the hour. Let's hit our busy phones as we say hi to Bob is in North Carolina. What's up, Bob? Glad you called, sir. Hey, Sean. Thank you for taking my call, and thank you for being the patriot that you are and having a voice for us conservatives out there. Thank you very much. Don, thank you. Uh, What's going son, on? My son is in a North Carolina University. He's in the Air Force ROTC program, and he got an email from his lieutenant commander, uh, about a week and a half ago, saying that they have to get vaccinated uh, by January 31st. And my son has had COVID, as have I. Uh, he does not want to get vaccinated. He's unfortunately willing to leave the service uh, because of that. But my question to you is, I know there's a lot of this going on around the country with every branch of the service. Uh, but, you know, rather than me uh, getting an attorney and suing the army, which would be like, you know, spitting in the wind. Uh, is there any kind of group I can, you know, join? There the is. Or, it's or called the Liberty. It's called the Liberty Justice Center. We've had them on the program and mm-hmm. they are helping a lot of people uh, with these mandates. And as you can see now, we, we were now three for three with court battles and and stopping and and putting a hold on at least temporarily the vaccine mandates of Joe Biden in terms of the constitutionality. So, um, but they are helping people uh, pro bono. I know that it's Liberty Justice Center. We, we'll put a link on Hannity.com. We put one up last week and, uh, and you can go there and get started that way. It is expensive to hire attorneys. I, I get it. Believe me. Great, great. Yeah, the, the email uh, part of it had mentioned something about the Air Force ROTC has um, kind of an overage of members across the country, and they're not willing to lose members, and that was very disheartening to see or to read, uh, something to that effect. But, um, you know, he, he's a true patriot just like you are, so uh, he's we're doing everything we can, everything we can to fight. So uh, we'll, we'll see if they can help you out, there. all right, and, let, and keep us up to speed. Uh, we'll do that. Thank you, Sean. All right, buddy. Thanks, Bob. Bill in Connecticut, Sean Hannity Show. Hey, Bill, how are you? Hey, Sean, how you doing? Good, sir. All right, I just wanted to... Uh, you were talking about Alec Baldwin there the other day with uh, him saying that he didn't pull the trigger. Most modern replica guns have a hammer block. The only way the block moves away to let the hammer hit the firing pin is by pulling the trigger. I was a small arms repairman in the Army. I worked at a manufacturer here in Connecticut for a short time. I know guns. And if it's a period gun from the 1800s, the hammer is exposed and normally you leave that on an empty chamber because you don't want to get shoot yourself in the foot. Well, for example, if if you pull back the trigger and it doesn't lock in and let's say you release it and you're aiming it at somebody, you would acknowledge that that weapon's capable of going off, correct? Well, the hammer block stays in front of the hammer and prevents the hammer from hitting the firing pin. It and should. It you're right, it, but the, I, but it can, yeah. but it can result in a firing if you let go of the trigger before it locks down. And gets cocked, correct? Yeah, you could. He had his finger on the trigger. He, he had to get that hammer block out of the way. And that's the only way it can happen. Yeah, so. look, I, I, it's just the whole thing is a nightmare. And a lot of it's not making sense at this point. No, it's not. And everything they're saying, I, I heard something about they had a problem putting the bullets into the chamber. They were, they were, well, when you reload, which I do, and you try to crimp that thing too tight, you bulge the cartridge a little bit. And they're hard to get into the cylinder. 
And that's what's kind of, I'm hearing these other things kind of flaky, you know, when it comes to that. Yeah, so. look, a, a lot. it's obvious he didn't have any knowledge of firearms. And she tells no. me to point here, she tells me to point there, and, but I never point a gun at anybody. If you're responsible, no, not at all, not me. I didn't do anything wrong. You pointed um, the gun. Yeah, yeah. I, and, you know, it's so unfortunate. I, I'm trying to understand how it's possible that live ammunition got in that gun in the first place or why it was even on the set. That, that, that right there boggles my mind. I mean, you would never do that. I mean, when I was in the service. I was a safety range safety officer, you know, NCO. I had to keep an eye on him, make sure people didn't make sure people didn't do something stupid and shoot themselves. And that's well, like rule number one: you don't have live ammo in any any weapons that you're going to be using, you know, as pretend. I, that's what you're doing. It's pretend. I, you know, I kind of like what George Clooney has said, and I, I think it's responsible. Um, this is simple gun safety 101. Somebody's responsible for this. There is culpability yes. here. There is liability here. Uh, whether yeah. or not it's criminal in any way, uh, at this point, I just can't give a definitive no. Do I think Alec, no. Alec Baldwin went to work that day thinking he was going to kill this woman? I, I have a no. real hard no. time believing that in any way, shape, manner, or form. Yeah. But yeah, on the I, other I, hand, I'm not, you know, yeah. it, I, I, I'm pretty confident that Leo Terrell's analysis was dead on accurate. He went into that interview fully, completely prepared. He memorized his lines. He is an actor. Um, one has to raise the question that, you know, was was that a bit of a show that he put on? The dramatic music of ABC was nauseating during the whole thing. A woman died here, a mother. And I'm I have more questions now as a result of that interview than I had before the interview. I, oh, I agree with that because that was he was acting. That's what he does. Yeah. And they're, they're trying to get this somehow, some kind of a ploy where he won't get charged. It should be, I mean, involuntary manslaughter. He did uh, shoot the gun. He pointed we'll the see. Gun. I mean, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I, we need to get answers. The family deserves answers. The country deserves answers here. Oh, yeah, obviously. And then All right. Well, thanks, Bill. To... Oh. Anyway, my friend, thank you for your expertise. Appreciate it. Tony is in Los Angeles on the Sean Hannity Show. Tony, how are you? I'm doing good. I just wanted to uh, share my experience with COVID and monoclonal antibodies. Okay, so um, you got COVID. Did you have a breakthrough case, or were you not vaccinated? No, no. No, no, I'm not vaccinated. And okay. this goes back in August. And I was traveling from Florida back to Los Angeles, and most likely it was the Delta. I'm not 100% sure, but I went, mm -hmm. I didn't feel good, went for the test, came back positive. I was running about 103 fever. I was watching my oxygen. Fortunately, the place where I had gone to for testing, they were also doing a trial on a new monoclonal antibodies, and they called me and asked me if I wanted to participate. So well, I haven't even heard of it. I mean, monoclonal antibodies are monoclonal antibodies. Is it just a different brand? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. And oh, can you can you tell uh, us? Who, or you can't. You, may, you might be under a non-disclosure. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. It's uh, it's uh, it's called um, the pronunciation of it is Sotrovimab. 
and it's a new one, and it's done by um, um, uh, two companies, Glaxo and and Veer, in up in uh, San Francisco, and right. uh, actually. So uh, they were going to, they pulled my name and it would say whether I would have an IV or I would just have an injection. I came up with the IV and so it was a 15 minute infusion, went home, went to sleep, woke up 10 hours later, no fever, feeling great because the biggest problem that I was having, I was watching my oxygen and that was okay. But the body aches were just, I felt like. How many days after you tested positive did you get the infusion? Uh, Day two. You see, now I have friends, again, I'm getting calls every day of my life because, and, and because people know that I'm talking about this, but they're not taking notes. If you're in a car right now, you're not taking notes and saying monoclonal antibodies you know or i i tend to use the word regeneron this is about the same amount of time eli Lilly has their version of it that's very good as well and but the per the purpose is is what i've discovered is with all the talk about vaccines nobody's talking about and this started with delta people that were fully vaccinated including very good friends of mine that test positive anyway now if you were vaccinated so far, the science shows so far, again, variants change, um, that your risk of hospitalization and death are, are greatly reduced. Okay, that's good, but you still tested positive. And every single person that I know within the first 48 hours, timing is key, if they get the infusion, if they get monoclonal antibodies, Regeneron, Eli Lilly, and maybe eventually the one you took part in a study of, um, they've all told me the same exact thing. Every single one vaccinated breakthrough cases, every person taking it early has done well. And I've had people with multiple comorbidities, you know, pre-existing, serious pre-existing conditions, even friends that are obese by definition. And and this has been in every case. Now, I'm only speaking anecdotally and I'm telling everybody, talk to your doctor first. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to play one on radio or TV. Um, but you are affirming everything I've heard from people that that get the infusion or the shot. I know people that have gotten both. Right. So, well, listen to this. I, you know, because I'm in this study, I go once a month. They draw blood. They do nasal swabs on me. Uh, they do um, um, saliva tests. And so for the next six months, you know, I've been going once a month for this. The first week I was going every day. And then um, uh, the worst part was the body aches. Uh, And that was what, and the fever, and that's what broke immediately. But what I've read recently, because I'm so interested in what they gave me, is that they're saying that this is, um, this works against the new guy, Omicron. Omicron, yeah. Uh huh. And other variants. And now what they're doing is the same company is actually um, doing um, studies on giving it to people who don't have COVID but might, you know, be at risk for getting it. As 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 a prophylactic, in in other words. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, first of all, let me let me applaud you. I mean, if it was me. I, I, I think, I don't know for sure, but if it was me, I think my gut tells me 
I probably would have gone with the known and not the unknown um, because I know from people, so many different people that I know that, that got the infusion. Now many people just get in the shop at the same results. I, I, I don't know if I would have been willing to take part in a study because the risk is greater, but you did it, and you're helping science. You, sh- you deserve a lot of credit for that, and more importantly, you feel better. I've had people describe it to me as and almost immediately – Mm-hmm. That, that that they feel the antibodies go to war with COVID inside their body. They can feel the internal war. And that almost immediately, you know, they know things have changed. And then usually no later than 48, 72 hours max, they're feeling a hell of a lot better in every case. Yes. But again, take it. These are people that I, I'm telling, get it early. Don't wait. Well, get- well, guess what, Sean? I every and get your doctor while, approval. But go ahead. Yeah, uh, um, I've been going to another place for testing for antibodies. It's been let me see. I got it in the beginning of August. I'm still showing that I have natural uh, antibodies. Wow. Well, so listen, one time infusion and yeah. and my blood is still showing antibodies. Well, remember, you're gonna have T cell antibodies that won't even be discernible if they take your blood and test it. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. the B cells are showing it, it you know, it's almost yeah, B cell, right, later. I stand corrected. Yes, you're right. Right. Listen, um, good for you. I, I Look, what I'm telling this audience remains the same. Take this sucker seriously. Uh, even hey, the early observations on Omicron are it is it is more contagious, but the symptoms so far seem mild. And that's what we heard from South African uh, medical professionals and people that first picked up on this anyway. That's the early indicator. Um, But that means a lot more people will be testing positive breakthrough cases or people that didn't get vaccinated. At that point, at least for this audience's sake, you know, I know it's not a word that's top of mind for most people. Monoclonal antibodies. You know, we, we should really do, Linda, is maybe put a link on the website now but i also add this caveat i'm not telling you to get it i'm telling you to immediately ask your doctor uh about whether or not this is a therapeutic that you would qualify for um i've yet to meet a person that's not qualified for it let me put it that way um my i I, i've already discussed it with my doctor i'll go right to get the infusion within minutes uh and if i don't on my own he'll probably come take me kidnap me and take me and make sure i get it Anyway, uh, thanks. Really courageous, Tony. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. Come on, man. It's taken me 47 years to perfect doing nothing. I had to become president to show you I could do that better than anybody. Joe Biden, the most dangerous man in America. This is the Sean Hannity Show. That's going to wrap things up for today, uh, but we have a great Hannity, 9 Eastern tonight on the Fox News Channel. We'll load it up. Um, will David Perdue challenge Governor Kemp to go up against Stacey Abrams, who absolutely lied on NBC, and we'll prove it tonight in terms of challenging the election results from 2018? Anyway, uh, David Perdue checks in. Eric Trump, Dan Bongino, and Geraldo, Leo 2.0, Terrell, Pam Bondi, Reince Priebus, and Dan Hoffman on the real threats that are Russia, Iran, and China. 
Anyway, news you'll never get from the media mob. Set your DVR, Hannity, 9 Eastern. We'll see you then. Uh, back here tomorrow. You make this show possible. We don't thank you enough. Thank you. We'll see you tonight. Back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.